0: part 2 chapter 16 of 800 leagues on the amazon this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit librivox.org 800 leagues on the amazon by jules verne part 2 the cryptogram chapter 16 preparations on the following day the 30th of august benito and manuel talked matters over together They had understood the thought to which the judge had not dared give utterance in their presence, and were engaged in devising some means by which the condemned man could escape the penalty of the law. Nothing else was left for them to do. It was only too certain that for the authorities at Rio de Janeiro the undeciphered document would have no value whatever, that it would be a dead letter, that the first verdict which declared yom de costa the perpetrator of the crime at tihuico would not be set aside and that as in such cases no commutation of the sentence was possible the order for his execution would inevitably be received once more then yom de costa would have to escape by flight from an unjust imprisonment it was at the outset agreed between the two young men that the secret should be carefully kept and that neither Yequita nor Minha should be informed of preparations, which would probably only give rise to hopes destined never to be realized. Who could tell if, owing to some unforeseen circumstance, the attempt at escape would not prove a miserable failure? The presence of Fragoso on such an occasion would have been most valuable. Discreet and devoted, his services would have been most welcome to the two young fellows, but Fragoso had not reappeared. Lina, when asked, could only say that she knew not what had become of him, nor why he had left the raft without telling her anything about it. And, assuredly, had Fragoso foreseen that things would have turned out as they were doing, he would never have left the da Costa family on an expedition which appeared to promise no serious result. Far better for him to have assisted in the escape of the doomed man than to have hurried off in search of the former comrades of Torres. But Fragoso was away, and his assistance had to be dispensed with. At daybreak Benito and Manuel left the raft, and proceeded to Maneos. They soon reached the town, and passed through its narrow streets, which at that early hour were quite deserted. In a few minutes they arrived in front of the prison. The waste-ground, amid which the old convent, which served for a house of detention, was built, was traversed by them in all directions, for they had come to study it with the utmost care. Fifty-five feet from the ground, in an angle of the building, they recognized the window of the cell in which Yom de Costa was confined. The window was secured with iron bars, in a miserable state of repair, which it would be easy to tear down or cut through if they could only get near enough. The badly jointed stones in the wall, which were crumbled away every here and there, offered many a ledge for the feet to rest on, if only a rope could be fixed to climb by one of the bars had slipped out of its socket, and formed a hook over which it might be possible to throw a rope. That done, one or two of the bars could be removed, so as to permit a man to get through. Benito and Manuel would then have to make their way into the prisoner's room, and without much difficulty the escape could be managed by means of the rope, fastened to the projecting iron. During the night, if the sky were very cloudy, None of these operations would be noticed before the day dawned yom de da costa could get safely away manuel and benito spent an hour about the spot taking care not to attract attention but examining the locality with great exactness particularly as regarded the position of the window the arrangement of the iron bars and the place from which it would be best to throw the line that is agreed said manuel at last and now ought yom de costa to be told about this "'No, Manuel. Neither to him, any more than to my mother, ought we to impart the secret of an attempt in which there is such a risk of failure.' "'We shall succeed, Benito,' continued Manuel. "'However, we must prepare for everything, and in case the chief of the prison should discover us at the moment of the escape, we shall have money enough to purchase his silence,' answered Benito. "'Good,' replied Manuel. "'But once your father is out of prison he cannot remain hidden in the town or on the Yanganda where is he to find refuge this was the second question to solve and a very difficult one it was a hundred paces away from the prison however the waste land was crossed by one of those canals which flow through the town into the rio negro this canal afforded an easy way of gaining the river if a pirogue were in waiting for the fugitive from the foot of the wall to the canal side was hardly a hundred yards benito and manuel decided that about eight o'clock in the evening one of the pirogues with two strong rowers under the command of the pilot Arrojo, should start from the yangada they could ascend the rio negro enter the canal and crossing the wasteland, remain concealed throughout the night under the tall vegetation on the banks but once on board where was yom de costa to seek refuge to return to iquitos was to follow a road full of difficulties and peril and a long one in any case, should the fugitive either travel across the country or by the river. Neither by horse nor perot could he be got out of danger quickly enough, and the fazenda was no longer a safe retreat. He would not return to it as the fazender, Yom Garo, but as the convict, Yom de Costa, continually in fear of his extradition. He could never dream of resuming his former life." To get away by the Rio Negro into the north of the province, or even beyond the Brazilian territory, would require more time than he could spare, and his first care must be to escape from immediate pursuit. To start again down the Amazon? But stations, village, and towns abounded on both sides of the river. The description of the fugitive would be sent to all the police, and he would run the risk of being arrested long before he reached the Atlantic and supposing he reached the coast where and how was he to hide and wait for a passage to put the sea between himself and his pursuers on consideration of these various plans benito and manuel agreed that neither of them was practicable one however did offer some chance of safety and that was to embark in the pirogue follow the canal into the rio negro descend this tributary under the guidance of the pilot reach the confluence of the rivers, and run down the Amazon along its right bank for some sixty miles during the nights, resting during the daylight, and so gaining the embouchure of the Madeira. This tributary, which, fed by a hundred affluents, descends from the watershed of the Cordilleras, is a regular waterway opening into the very heart of Bolivia. A pirogue could pass up it and leave no trace of its passage and a refuge could be found in some town or village beyond the Brazilian frontier. There Yom da Costa would be comparatively safe, and there for several months he could wait for an opportunity of reaching the Pacific coast and taking passage in some vessel leaving one of its ports, and if the ship were bound for one of the States of North America he would be free. Once there he could sell the fazenda leave his country forever and seek beyond the sea, in the old world, a final retreat in which to end an existence so cruelly and unjustly disturbed. Anywhere he might go, his family, not excepting Manuel, who was bound to him by so many ties, would assuredly follow without the slightest hesitation. Let us go, said Benito. We must have all ready before night, and we have no time to lose." The young men returned on board by way of the canal bank, which led along the Rio Negro. They satisfied themselves that the passage of the pirogue would be quite possible, and that no obstacles, such as locks or boats under repair, were there to stop it. Then they descended the left bank of the tributary, avoiding the slowly filling streets of the town, and reached the Jangada. Benito's first care was to see his mother he felt sufficiently master of himself to dissemble the anxiety which consumed him. He wished to assure her that all hope was not lost, that the mystery of the document would be cleared up, that in any case public opinion was in favor of Yom, and that, in fact, in face of the agitation which was being made in his favor, justice would grant all the necessary time for the production of the material proof of his innocence. "'Yes, mother,' he added, "'before to-morrow we shall be free from anxiety.' "'May Heaven grant it so,' replied de Quita, and she looked at him so keenly that Benito could hardly meet her glance. On his part, and as if by prearrangement, Manuel had tried to reassure Minha by telling her that Judge Jarquez was convinced of the innocence of Yom, and would try to save him by every means in his power. "'I only wish you would,' Manuel," answered she, endeavouring in vain to restrain her tears. And Manuel left her, for the tears were also welling up in his eyes, and witnessing against the words of hope which he had just given utterance. And now the time had arrived for them to make their daily visit to the prisoner, and Yaquida and her daughter set off to Manoas. For an hour the young men were in consultation with Arajo. They acquainted him with their plan in all its details, and they discussed not only the protected escape, but the measures which were necessary for the safety of the fugitive. Arajo approved of everything. He undertook, during the approaching night, to take the pirogue up the canal, without attracting any notice, and he knew its course thoroughly as far as the spot where he was to await the arrival of Yomda Costa. To get back to the mouth of the Rio Negro was easy enough, and the pirogue would be able to pass unnoticed among the numerous craft continually descending the river. Araujo had no objection to offer, to the idea, of following the Amazon down to its confluence with the Madeira. The course of the Madeira was familiar to him for quite two hundred miles up, and in the midst of these thinly peopled provinces, even if pursuit took place in their direction, all attempts at capture could be easily frustrated. They could reach the interior of Bolivia, and if Yom decided to leave his country he could procure a passage with less danger on the coast of the Pacific than on that of the Atlantic. Arajo's approval was most welcome to the young fellows. They had great faith in the practical good sense of the pilot, and not without reason. His zeal was undoubted, and he would assuredly have risked both life and liberty to save the fazender of Equitos. With the utmost secrecy Arajo at once set about his preparations. A considerable sum in gold was handed over to him by Benito to meet all eventualities during the voyage on the Madeira. In getting the pirogue ready, he announced his intention of going in search of Fragoso, whose fate excited a great deal of anxiety among his companions. He stowed away in the boat provisions for many days, and did not forget the ropes and tools which would be required by the young men when they reached the canal at the appointed time and place. These preparations evoked no curiosity on the part of the crew of the Yangata, and even the two stalwart negroes were not let into the secret they, however, could be absolutely depended on. Whenever they learned what the work of safety was in which they were engaged, when Yomda Costa, once more free, was confided to their charge, Arajo knew well that they would dare anything, even to the risk of their own lives, to save the life of their master. By the afternoon all was ready, and they had only the night to wait for. But before making a start Manuel wished to call on Judge Jarquez for the last time. The magistrate might perhaps have found out something new about the document. Benito preferred to remain on the raft and wait for the return of his mother and sister. Manuel then presented himself at the abode of Judge Jarquez, and was immediately admitted. The magistrate, in the study which he never quitted, was still the victim of the same excitement. The document, crumpled by his impatient fingers, was still there before his eyes on the table. "'Sir,' said Manuel, whose voice trembled as he asked the question, "'have you received anything from Rio de Janeiro?' "'No,' answered the judge. "'The order has not yet come to hand, but it may at any moment.' "'And the document?' "'Nothing yet!' exclaimed he. "'Everything my imagination can suggest I have tried, and no result.' "'None?' Nevertheless, I distinctly see one word in the document, only one. What is that? What is the word? Fly. Manuel said nothing, but he pressed the hand which Jerques held out to him, and returned to the Yangada to wait for the moment of action. End of Part 2 Chapter 16